listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Good afternoon, morning, day, whatever time it is, wherever you're listening, we welcome you to Unscripted, the film show. Uh, the the show all about films and, and pop culture and other things that we, we talk about. But um, I'm Cecilia and Lewis, you are also here in the studio. Um, <laughs> I, I am. It would be funny if you weren't though and I was like, and it was just me. Yeah, um, Lewis is here in the studio but he's got laryngitis so he's not <laughs> saying anything tonight. <laughs> He's just going to sit there. Yes. Um, Rachel is not here tonight. She's off um, on assignment. Let's, <laughs> let's call it an assignment. I'm not sure. No, she's just having um, having an afternoon night off. She's so. chilling. Uh, and uh, that's fine, you know. Yeah. We uh, all need to do that. And I've got to apologise because we weren't here last week uh, because obviously everyone was in lockdown. True. Um, so we thought it was best to stay home and, and uh, we, we, we played our uh, uh, musical show. Yes. So um, hopefully... Uh, you enjoyed that if you hadn't listened to it before. And <laughs> Although I think we played it a few weeks prior, so you yeah. may have. Hey, you never, you know, musicals are always going to be there. You might have missed half the show and got <laughs> to listen to the the first half the second time round. It was so. like you remember uh, back in the day where you'd stay in a hotel, and they would have like a movie channel in the hotel where they would be playing movies. Yeah, and like they would have like uh, set times where the, a movie would be playing, so you would turn it on and you just start watching a movie at wherever that was at and then you might like you know check it out a bit later on the day so you see a movie like out of sync yep and you're like this is good I want to see what happens in the beginning and then you actively go out and source that film so you can see those were the days you know coming in and watching tv and um yeah just before all the streaming and being like oh this looks like a cool movie there's only 15 minutes left but you know I might go and rent it or something like that nowadays you can just look it up and People don't even use TVs anymore. I know. I was at the shops the other day and it's so funny. I was walking around doing a bit of shopping in a generic shopping store um, and there was a lady there who turned around and said to her kids, um, go and have a look at the DVDs. And the kids were like, we can't find them. And there was no DVDs. Oh, You know how sometimes, well, there used to be stacks and stacks of them. Yes, and you yeah. can go and peruse and pick one out, or even pick a DVD player up um, in, the, in the supermarket, like a, a Woolworths or yeah, a Coles, yeah, or like a um, Kmart slash Big W slash Target. Um, yeah, the kids were like, "Oh, we don't know where they are," and um, yeah, I don't actually think there were any. So they're literally phasing them all out, which is really bizarre, isn't it? Mm. Because it just feels it feels strange to me, but I know this transition happened in the old, you know, not the old days. I shouldn't say that. Back, <laughs> Back in, in the, the old day. days, <laughs> the old. when they went from VHS yeah. to DVD, and I remember that transition, and I remember being so scared because I had this really cool collection of VHS, um, and I was like, Mum, Mum. What you know? What if I'm not going to be able to ever watch these again, and I have to go out and buy all the DVDs? Mm. And I was really worried about that whole. Co- and she's like, "It'll be fine. You'll be able to watch them." Um, lo and behold, it's quite difficult to hunt down a VHS. You can still get them. True. Um, so then we kind of transitioned, and you spend all this money, you know, building your collection <laughs> again, and then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh well, 
what's the point? So yeah. well, to be to be fair though, uh, um, Kat, my wife Cat and I um, uh, last week we got the uh, the first of the um, COVID jabs, the, yes. uh, the, the the Pfizer one. Um, and so we decided that we would just spend that. Well, admittedly, we just spent like most of uh, Saturday watching movies as well, and a bit of Friday night. Um, but we, we were trying so to the get, whole weekend. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> we were trying to get through uh, all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films before seeing Black Widow on Wednesday night. Ah. Um, and so we got our jab. And we, we came home. We thought like just chill out, watch movies. It's all good. Um, but we found because we'd been watching them streaming through uh, Disney Plus um, and watching them on the screen upstairs, mm. but the uh, aspect ratio of the, the films just weren't, wasn't quite right and like if there was any subtitles in the film they'd get cut off down the bottom. Oh. Uh, so we thought well we'll move back to doing it on the Blu-rays and just see what that's like. Yeah. Perfect. The Blu-rays look better, they sound better and they're just the right format. Yeah. So you know, even though we do have all this access to streaming and stuff like that they're not always going to be the best presentation of the film. There you go. Very mm. interesting. Um, that's a big task to go back and try and watch all those before seeing um Oh, we've been we doing it for a while, so it was a, we, we had Oh, you were just time. trying to get to the last, the last few. One. Yeah, yeah. Got it. So Have you, now, you've seen Black Widow, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to be talking about that um, soon. Did you manage to complete that task prior? Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah, did? Yeah, I saw Good the, job. Well, I did. Uh, <laughs> Kat, uh, well, she got through most of Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. Uh, but she did sleep through the last bit of it. So it doesn't so, count. No, that doesn't count. She didn't make it. I made it. So, yeah. But it's Ooh, it's great. The, the films, they, they hold up so well. Yeah. Like, they're so rewatchable. Um, mm. And you're watching uh, Endgame and, you know, those the epic scenes in that movie when, you know, Captain America gets Mjolnir and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, it's amazing. Actually, um... When we saw uh, Black Widow last night, uh, I was really excited to see what sort of trailers and stuff would happen before the film. And we saw the uh, the trailer for Shang-Chi. Mm. But then they also showed this um, trailer for, like, welcoming people back to the movies, uh, which was, a um, again, a Marvel trailer, and mm. it was Stan Lee's voice. Aww. Um, and originally the, the actual audio was to do with Stan Lee saying that, you know, racism is not cool. Yeah. Like, you know, we're all brothers and sisters and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So I was like, that man beside you is your brother, that woman over there is your sister, you know, that sort of thing. But they've reused that that uh, um, uh, sound bites and they've put it over about uh, going back to the cinema and enjoying movies with other people and then showing, like, past Marvel movies and, and the future Marvel movies. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. There you go. Mm. That's really, really cool. Mm. Um, we've got quite a big show tonight, though. Quite a few films um, out. So we've got Werewolves uh, Within, which you and I seen a few weeks ago. It's officially well, it was officially out um, last week, but we weren't able to talk about it due to uh, being locked away. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have been able to see it anyway because the cinemas were shut. So. That's correct. So um, we'll talk about that. We've got a film called Herself, which is it Scottish or Irish? I keep forgetting. I'm pretty sure it's Irish. And, oh, cool. Cause the only reason I mention that is because there's another Irish film in the mix tonight, which is a film called uh, Dating Amber. Uh, and then there's also um, Black Widow, which we'll talk about, or which you will talk about. Mm. And then a documentary called Steelers. So we thought we would kick off the show with uh, Werewolves Within. As yeah. our um, yeah, because we've both kind of seen this one, so we thought it might be uh, fun to have a bit of a 
bit of a chat about. And uh, it's interesting because it's um, based on a virtual reality game of the same name in which it kind of updates this medieval setting to a, to a present time. Right, okay. So that was quite cool, yeah. I thought. Um, yeah. It's interesting when they go, they go based on a game and the game is like nothing like the game. Yeah. Like they've, yeah. they've completely, you know, changed it to modern day and it's uh, in an American town and, yeah, it's all, all So is different. it even based on it? Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's very, very strange. But, uh, yeah, Werewolves Within, uh, it is uh, a new horror film. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's, like, it's a horror film, but it's a horror film in the vein of um, – I guess if you go way back, you could say American World for London, mm. where it was horror comedy, uh, yeah. black, you know, black comedy, um, and uh, you know, more recently, I guess you know, looking at Shaun of the Dead, mm. um, it's just that 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 kind of you know, it plays the uh, horror for laughs kind of thing. Um, but uh, it, the basis of the story is that there's a snowstorm which traps the town's residents together inside a local inn, uh, which is a nice trope, you know, the whole, mm. like, you know, you're, you're stuck in this place together. Uh, when a newly arrived forest ranger, Finn, and postal worker, Sicily, must try and keep the peace and uncover the truth behind a mysterious creature that has begun terrorising the community. Mm. So the... Um, the the movie uh, starts with a like a, a, a killing, but it's all all happens off screen. You never never really see it, um, and there there is like just all these like rumors about there being a werewolf in the community that's killing little dogs and and people, and um, yeah, and then you, know, you obviously you trap these people in a, in a room, and. People and then they sort of like ask a question. Well, who who's the werewolf? And start accusing everyone else of being the werewolf. Uh, so it's a real like kind of who done it movie, yeah. but just so brilliantly executed. So so funny, so clever. Um, just one of those films. Where I just want to watch it over and over again. Yeah. Um, and I think you mentioned at the end of seeing this that it kind of had that potential to be a cult classic because oh, it's, easily. it's not mainstream it's low budget it's it's ironic it's got these real quirky characters it's satirical so it's got kind of yeah all those bits and pieces to it but um yeah i definitely agree with you it's got that edgar wright kind of vibe the hot fuzz yep, or, yep. or Shaun of the dead um yeah i mean i guess i couldn't help but feel maybe it is american obviously but mm. that british humor is always i'm always inclined to enjoy that a little bit more and I wondered how this would have been as a uh, British film or if there was some British humour in, yeah. in this. But, you know, I thought it was a fun ride. It de- definitely was. Like, it just uh, had you know, everything you wanted from, like, a, a horror film. Yeah. Uh, it's not, like, um, heavy on the werewolves. Though. So if you are going in there expecting it to be a werewolf-heavy film, this is not what you're going to get out of this film. <laughs> um, but it's it's great. I mean, the cast is not really that that well known. I mean, I didn't really recognize, I recognize them as character actors, but not so much as, you know, leading people. Um, Sam Richardson plays Finn Wheeler, the, uh, the like, uh, deputy sheriffy ranger guy. Um, and Milena, Va- <laughs> sorry, Vanya Trubb, sorry, I just uh, coughed, I apologize. Um, <laughs> Plays Sicily more the new uh, like you know, uh, post officer in in the uh, the town, and it's just yeah. So the the, the cast uh, are brilliant. They mm. they work so well together. Uh, they they portray their characters brilliantly. Um, you know you've got like these rednecky kind of people, and you've got these rich uh, gay yuppie type people. Um, 
then uh, you've, you've got the the owner of the the, the inn, and uh, it's just like all of them play their 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 type of character really well. Yeah. Um, and they also to add to the. Uh, tension in the film there is a, a guy there who's trying to put a pipeline through the town and he needs the buy-in of the, the people in the town and some people want to you know sell on the right so he can put his pipeline through and other people don't yes so there's a bit of that you know people going you know oh you know, you've got to you know sell to this guy so we can get our money and all that kind of stuff so it just adds that little bit of extra tension and ratchets it up but uh absolutely fantastic film yeah, really, really it really does add to that kind of tension with the residents that are kind of divided with this pipeline. So throw that and then, you know, this creature that begins terrorising uh, the, the town of Beaverfield, it certainly makes for a, for an interesting premise, that's for sure. And um, I just loved some of the things that they did in this film and there was something I noticed a few days after watching this film that they did, but there was all these neon lights that kind of shone through the inn at times as well, which was quite cool mm. to the aesthetic of the film. And, um, you know, yeah, werewolf films and uh, like you said, it's not a, you know, don't go in expecting, you know, lots and lots of werewolves and things like that. But, yeah, no, really fun film. I think any time you throw in a bunch of characters or quirky characters into uh, a, a one setting, uh, there's definitely potential mm. for fun there. Because so. the only guy I re- recognised was uh, Michael Chernus, um, who plays Pete Anderson. Um, and I've seen him in a lot of comedy stuff before. Oh, was he? Um, I think I know who that was because I recognised him. He was, um, from Miss, he was in Miss America, Men in Black 3. Ah. Um, so he's been in a lot of a lot of uh, different uh, movies, but yeah. yeah, he's the only one I recognise. Few familiar faces mm. there because I did definitely know Finn. Um, yeah, he looked very familiar to me as well. I think he may have been in Where the Millers uh, as the police officer. At if if anyone even knows that that scene that I'm talking about, is that the, the, um, the, the, that show where they the um, people pretend to be a family? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I think he plays the police officer that they try and bribe at one point. So yeah, he looks a little bit familiar, but yeah, not a, not a you know overly well known uh, cast. Yeah, yeah. A- at all. But I think yeah, this is, I, I actually want to go back and watch this again. Mm. I think this is one of those films where you get more from the second viewing mm, mm. Um, because the first time round you're really just trying to establish what's happening. When you know, you can kind of just sit back and enjoy it a little bit more. But, um, yeah, it's really interesting. And speaking of werewolves, you know, the transformation into a werewolf <laughs> is always one of those things that you um, you kind of look out for in a film. And it's been done really well in some films and others not so well. But um, well, you've, you've, got to, you've got to be the best transformation of werewolf is American Werewolf in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely one of the best ones. But I also recommend, um, and you've seen the Dracula Netflix series too mm-hmm. because you recommended it yeah. to me, but that scene where um, Dracula turns into a dog in the first episode is quite good too. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a werewolf, but he's <laughs> turning into a dog. So um, That's close enough. <laughs> but how, how films actually do that is quite interesting. So um, Yeah, look, I really, really, really enjoyed this film and I'm going to score it a four. Yeah, I'm going to score it um, four uh, little dogs. Oh, four little <laughs> dogs. Oh, actually, I should have given it something for something. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, oh. Throwing axes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
four axe throws yeah, yeah. because I've actually um, done some axe throws Did you do recently that? Oh, and wow. scored. I'll have to show you a picture, but yeah. I actually scored right in the centre. You've got a bullseye. Um, well I done. did, but I noticed their technique when they were doing it in the film wasn't quite right, <laughs> so I was kind of picking that apart. Uh, but, yeah, no, this one's out now and you can catch it on the big screen, but definitely likely to be a uh, cult classic. I, I I'm going to be buying that on, on Blu-ray uh, yeah. as soon as it comes out. It was really, really good. good um, I, I think we did forget a couple of things at the top of the show, though. We probably should have mentioned um, that uh, this week uh, saw the passing of Richard Donner. Yes. Uh, which is, you know, the director of Superman, also you know, heavily involved in the X-Men films as a producer. Um, so, yeah, very, like, uh, for, for me, from a, a fan of genre films, um, somebody who's had a, a really massive impact on uh, on cinema. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, his... his um, he will definitely be lost. I mean, sorry, he'll be definitely be missed. Mm. Um, I uh, yeah, I I can't imagine a world without that original Richard Donner Superman. Like, yeah. it was amazing that he did that in the seventies, and then we didn't really see another big superhero film until Batman in eighty nine. Yeah, and then again we had a massive gap after that. Like, we did have some really terrible Batman films, but um, <laughs> the, it was it's just amazing. Like that he could he managed to. And, and as far as Superman movies go, it's been not replicated really since mm-hmm. that original one. And he managed to do that in 79 with, you know, the effects they had at the time. Yeah. So, well, the seven, I don't know if it was 79. It was around that, around that time. Um, but, yeah, it's just a, it's very impressive. So he uh, he certainly has a, a long-lasting legacy that he left behind. Aww. And also our heart goes out to Robert Downey Jr. because his father, Robert Downey Sr., also uh, passed in his sleep last night. So Yeah. Yeah, very sad. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, uh, just one of those weeks where we lose some legends. Oh, dear. It's always sad, though. Yeah. And it's a good time, though, to reflect on their achievements mm. and what they've brought to us. So that's always uh, really, really good as well. So I might briefly touch on a film before we go into uh, herself. Um, but Steelers is a, a documentary film which uh, you can actually catch on uh, Apple TV, Google Play, Amazon Prime as of today, uh, plus Foxtel as well. And it's the story of the world's first gay rugby team, which was founded in 1995, the Steelers. So uh, King's Cross in, in London, they were, they were formed uh, at a bar one night. Right. So that's quite cool. But um, Australian journalist and the, the film's director, Eamon Ashton Atkinson, uh, accompanies the Steelers to Amsterdam as they uh, vie for victory at the International Gay Rugby Tournament, the Bingham Cup. So, um, yeah, it, it, you know, nowadays there are, you know, more than 20 gay rugby clubs, um, you know, that that can come together and, you know, vie for this cup, whereas obviously back in 1995 there was just the formation mm. of the one. So quite a, quite an achievement there. But Very easy to win back then. Yeah, mm. absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, even he really focuses on a select few people in the documentary. You've got the team's female coach um, who, uh, you know, is a, a fond rugby player and she comes along and, you know, trains these guys. But you've also got a young man who uh, struggles with depression and his sexuality his whole life. And then another who is this rugby player by day and drag queen by night. Oh, wow. So a few really interesting characters in there. And, um, yeah, Eamon, the, the filmmaker, also reflects on his own life as a, a gay man who was bull- bullied quite relentlessly um, growing up at an all boys uh, school, 
and um, yeah, it's a, it's a real humble documentary. The production value is is not award winning, mm. but I think it is it's the the people in this documentary that the talent, the um, you know, it's really engaging these interviews and to learn how these people use rugby as a platform for um, you know, and, and that sports you, anybody can play sports Mm, you know you mm. don't have to be a particular cliche or uh you know a stereotypical man to to come in and play play the sport that you love so um yeah great great documentary um like I say not overly it it kind of feels a little bit like a student documentary Mm. in parts but again you go there well you you watch this one for the you know the, the story. Were they still the, the, the body type of rugby players? Because I always think rugby players are quite stocky people. Yeah, look, I, the great thing about this is there's a mixture of mm. people, um, you know, from all types of, you know, all, you know, shapes, all different sizes, mm. different races, cultures, um, all parts of the world. So, uh, yeah, rugby is is this really, yeah, um, this Bingham Cup is is a fantastic way for these guys to, to play out rugby. But um, also I think it's more just this acceptance and being mm. included mm. Um, and not feeling like they're being shamed or, or anything like that. So, yeah, quite a, quite a cool cool little documentary so I hope that does get some um, traction and people watch that so where, where can people see that one that one's um, Amazon, Prime. Amazon Prime yeah uh, it's also on um, Google Play Apple Store as well yeah. uh, and Foxtel so there's a few different streaming services that you can catch that one on yeah, so uh, definitely check it out it's only about 90 minutes or so or, or less so yeah definitely check it out there's a few teary moments in that one too so um, more for the fact that this female coach is just so proud of her team I do just have a correction uh, to make about the Bingham Cup I did say there was more than 20 clubs but there's actually more than 80 clubs wow uh, 148 teams in 20 countries so I do apologize about that um, I think the 20 came from that 20 countries but it's it's great that that number's even um, bigger than I thought so there you go herself is a uh, looks like a really interesting film I've seen the ads for this and um, wanted to see this but didn't quite get the opportunity to but you have seen it uh, Lewis and I'm really interested in hearing about this I did I did it's a a movie uh, that is it's absolutely fantastic, but it could be triggering for people who have uh, suffered from domestic ab- abuse okay. um, because the the film uh, herself um, is is about a, a young mother uh, whose partner is very abusive, um, verbally abusive. I'm, I'm not sure like if he was physically abusive prior to uh, the incident at the start of the film, uh, but uh, she'd made a plan to get away from him uh, but he discovered some you know money she was storing to, to you know fund her escape uh, and uh, violently uh, assaulted her um, and so she after that obviously you know broke up with the, the partner and she uh, had like housing that was given to her uh, that she was you know uh, you're staying in a, um, a hotel until she could get like permanent accommodation uh, and had the two two kids with her but the father still had visit, uh, rights to look after the kids on the weekends and stuff like that mm-hmm. so which I don't quite understand how that works um, mm. I um, yeah it's just um, yeah it seems like you know the whole situation of somebody being abused by their partner and then still being allowed to look after their kids—just very strange. I don't ha- mm, don't quite seems understand bizarre, it. Seems bizarre, doesn't it? Um, 
but this is set in Ireland, and uh, she's you know doing everything she can to uh, you know find a place for the kids. Um, and she sees a uh, thing on like uh, YouTube or, or some other social media uh, that is showing you how to build a house uh, cheaply. And she looks at that and goes, well, if I can find some land, then I should be able to build this house myself. Um, and so she's fortunately, uh, she is looking after a, a friend of the family uh, who her mother uh, looked after previous to her. Um, and this lady's a doctor and she's recovering from a, a, an injury that she had. Um, and she says, look, I've got this land out the back. Um, you know, you can have it to build mm. build your house. And... So through like uh, you know a lot of grift and effort, um, she uh, coaxes people into helping her to to build this place, and so that's what the whole thing is about. Is about um, you know a a woman who is in a, a marriage with uh, domestic violence, escaping that and then building her life so that she's got somewhere for her and her kids to live, um, and it's it's a real emotional roller coaster of a film. Uh, but brilliantly acted. The um, it, it was, I think, pretty much the whole uh, the whole film uh, was, um, was. I'm trying to find the, the details there, but um, Claire Duns uh, is the main uh, the main actress in the film, and she plays Sandra. Uh, and yeah, just uh, really, I mean, she's in most of the scenes in this film. She's yeah. like the, the, the whole <laughs> film revolves around her. But just uh, absolutely, you know, phenomenal film. And um, I, I really uh, think that everyone should should check this this out. It was um, just uh, one of those 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 films where you're, you're seeing someone escape and somebody build their life and and those sort of things. So yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, I am going to. Actually, I really want to find out. I was trying to look at the. Um, the IMDb on that one because the I think she had something to do with the writing of the film as well because it felt like ah, a really um, personal film felt maybe. like a really personal yeah. story um, so it was yeah so that's um that's fascinating and I think it's such yeah a, she wrote it oh she, that's really cool I yeah. wonder if she does then have some personal experience or if this is based somewhat on truth because that's a it's such an interesting concept but also really timely given that you know. Yeah, single parents and, and having to raise children and then afford accommodation is such a mm. big thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. particularly um, when rental and, and housing prices are, you know, skyrocketing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's fascinating. But um, it's interesting. I've just noticed this, and I don't know if this relates to the film. I assume it does, but apparently Sandra has a code word with her daughter, Emma. Mm-hmm. Um, if Sandra whispers Black Widow, then Emma knows to run for help. Yeah. Oh, so it kind <laughs> of relates. Okay, there, there was my segue into the next film, which we might take a short break before we do jump did into. I, did I give this one any... Uh, I, I'm going to give this one... Uh, give a score, shouldn't you? Yeah. I will give this film um, four recycled nails. Recycled nails. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Um, and Steelers I should have scored as well. So I'm going to score that a three um, rugby boots. Nice. Shoes, rugby boots, boots rugby shoes. Boots, I think boots, boots yeah, because yeah, yeah. you say Black Widow. It's um, great that you got to see this one in cinemas because who wouldn't want to see this on the big 
screen. I mean, we kind of want to see all films on the big screen, but we just live in a world where that's not possible at the moment, mm. unfortunately. And a lot of um, films are bypassing the cinemas and hitting straight, or heading straight to streaming, which is a bit of a shame because we want people to go back to the cinemas. Uh, and there's some good films coming up. Oh, there, there are. Really was, good films. That was like being at the cinema yesterday, uh, it kind of like it felt like things were getting back to normal mm. with the trailers were being uh, shown um, and also like out in the, uh, the foyer seeing like posters for stuff that was like imminently coming out. Yes. I mean, we've had Fast 9 come out. Uh, we've got Black Widows out now. Uh, we have um, Space Jam uh, coming Space up as well. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was sort the, the trailer for Shang Chi and uh, that looks that looks amazing. M Night Shyamalan's film mm. Old is mm. going to be hitting screen soon. That looks terrifying. Mm. Can I just say terrifying? I think I think we're going to find ourselves we're going to have a bit of a wave of films that are coming out. We might be a little, little bit inundated. We might be, mm. which hey is never a bad thing, is it? No, we'll just have right. to pick and choose more more carefully, <laughs> and we'll have to be strategic. So we'll have to split the films between the three of us so we can cover them all. Yes, yes. Uh, the uh, so Black Widow, directed by Australian director Kate Shortland. Oh, who that name does ring a bell because she's directed something recently, I believe. Um, I will find those details. Well, she's she's known uh, known for uh, Law, Somersault, and Berlin Syndrome. Ah, maybe it's Berlin Syndrome. Yeah. I'm thinking about that film where Teresa Palmer's character goes to. Is it? I could be wrong. She goes to Berlin and falls in love or has this one night stand with a man who who um captures her. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> completely beyond the point. Um, but Black Widow, nice to see, directed by um, an Australian woman. Exactly, exactly. How cool is that? It's a. Uh, I mean, I think like because they're. Uh, compared to men, there are so few female directors. Mm. It's good when you've got a, a female-led movie to have a female director. And this this movie is great because you don't just have um, a female lead, but you've also got a big you know, female cast as well. Uh, Florence Pugh, uh, Florence Pugh plays uh, Yelena Bolanoff. Uh, Scarlett Johansson obviously plays Natasha Romanoff. Um, and then you've also got Rachel Weisz is in the film as well, playing Melina Vos, uh, Vostokov. Um, all very all very Russian. Very <laughs> Russian. Um, so, yeah, it's a, a big you know, female cast and they've got lots of interactions. I said to Kat afterwards, this film will definitely uh, you know, pass the Bechdel test mm-hmm. um, because, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, there's no talking about men. It's all about business. And uh, the, this film uh, is interesting because this is the first film in phase four of the mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe. So um, Sp- Endgame was really the, the end of phase three, although Spider-Man Far From Home is actually the, the last film of phase three. So this was supposed to be the start of phase four, but um, because it got pushed back um, over a year, because it was supposed to come out in May last year, yep. uh, officially uh, Division is the start of phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it started to move into the Disney Plus TV as well as in the, in the movies. Uh, but the interesting thing about this is, I mean, Marvel has done movies set in the past before. I mean, Captain America, First Avenger, um, uh, um, Captain Marvel as well is set in the 90s. Um, but this is the first one where it's telling a story in between other stories that have already happened because um, this story takes place after Captain America Civil War right. and before Infinity War. 
So this basically is telling you what Natasha was up to in those interim months. Right. And do you have to be pretty switched on to realise that or is it pretty obvious? No, it's, it's pretty obvious yep. that, uh, you know, um, the when they get into the story of the film uh, that they just, like, bookmark where, where she's at in her life. Got it. So you, you know exactly where she's at. Cool. Um, and it's interesting because they've in the previous films they've touched on uh, Natasha's past and they've touched on the Red Room and they've, they've touched on... Um, you know, the things that they do to the girls that are a part of that program um, because they, uh, I think it was in, um, I think it was in Civil War, uh, no, Age of Ultron, uh, where they, she mentioned that they um, sterilise the girls when they become spies. Oh, wow. Um, because obviously having children would be, uh, you know, detrimental to their, yeah. their, their being spies and stuff. So, and they, they do... Uh, talk more about that in the in this film as well um but this is a, a story about uh, natasha's past and also um a story about her uh dealing with the whole red room program and, and everything like that but you get introduced to her her family um which uh, is uh, in, is um, including uh, Florence Pugh's Yelena uh, and Rachel Weiss's Melina. Uh, you also have uh, David Harborough's uh, Alexei. Uh, and Alexei is uh, the uh, Russian version of Captain America oh. called Red Guardian. Cool. Um, but it's uh, – the, the story is great and, like, it's, it's just really uh, – Cold War, um, you know, it starts off in the in the eighties in the Cold War, and you meet the family uh, in Ohio, and uh, you find out why the 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 family is is there uh, very very quickly, um, and then they they move forward to the the, the present day, and they uh, mention where the the film is kind of set, mm-hmm. and it's Natasha basically being on the lam because she's at that point in time a wanted fugitive by the. US government because of breaking the Sokovian Accord uh, and to throw like a spanner in the works her um, sister sends her some vial of red liquid uh, that uh, must be very very important and at the same time she gets attacked by a, uh, a mysterious figure called the Taskmaster oh. and Taskmaster is one of my favourite characters from the comics um, the Taskmaster in the comics has photographic reflexes and is kind of mercenary in the way that uh, they they use these uh, talents because they, in different times, they've been an actual, like, mercenary killer and other times they've just been a trainer. So they're using their skills of um, whatever... Um, they see uh, they can replicate. So mm-hmm. any fighting style, anything like that, they don't need to train for it. As soon as they see it, they can do it. Uh, and so in in the movie, uh, it's a, a different taskmaster to what I know from the comics, but it was uh, still a very interesting iteration of the character. So, uh, yeah, I would... Um, yeah, I, 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 this film was great. Like, it's well, it's well written. It's brilliantly acted. Uh, it's got the the spy thriller kind of element to it. It's got that Russian Cold War element to yeah. it. Um, it's just, it's phenomenal. And, and I think that Scarlett Johansson has played this character so much that, like, it's she's just um, such a fully formed character at this stage um, and absolutely brilliant. So, uh, yeah, it's just every, every bit of this film was, was just phenomenal. Mm. I, I can't uh, 
I couldn't pick a something and go that wasn't good. It was all all good, and it is a, a Marvel film, so obviously there will be a um, yeah, a, a end of credit scene. Yes. So do hang around until the very end of the credits. We just know this now, people. Yes. Just do it. Just do it. Uh, but and occasionally you do it, and they don't do uh, yeah. end credit scene. But they, I, I, I guarantee you, there is an end credit scene there. So yeah, stay stay tuned for that. But we had to wait over a year for Black Widow to come out, and uh, it was worth the wait. Worth the wait, and I'm glad it. I'm glad it got a release on cinema mm. screens. Not that I've seen it, but um, for all the fans out there, and you know, you're one of the biggest fans. So <laughs> for you to say that it's worth the wait, it certainly is worth. Yeah, the wait. but it does feel it does feel very different to other Marvel mm. films uh, to the point like when the film uh, like starts into the the main bit of the, the store the main bit of the film they have opening credits now most marvel films do not have opening credits so oh, it, but dc do don't they uh, well, who, D- who does i think dc do yeah uh, yeah because most most films will have opening credits yeah but marvel films traditionally have been uh, you know no opening credits they just go into and it. you'll see all mm-hmm. you'll see all the credits on the back end yeah so it was uh, yeah, interesting to see opening credits, but I think they were going for more of a you know James Bond where yeah. they do like or, or other spy films where they show you pictures and stuff like that, yeah. Um, and they're they're trying to tell a bit of the story through those pictures and through the credits. Mm. It's kind of similar to that. Oh, so cool. I think they were going for that kind of spyish yeah. feel to the, the the film because all Marvel films, all, although they're comic book films, they still try to be a bit different and and mm. position themselves in a different kind of genre. Um, and this one is definitely – it's akin to um, uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, where you had that, that real spyish kind of element to it. And when you've got a, uh, a character like Nat- Natasha, that's the, the, the kind of thing you want to go for, being that she you know, is a spy. She's yeah. the, 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 the perennial spy in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, And uh, for anyone who's wondering about uh, – her and Clint Barton have been going on for several movies about Budapest. Um, there, there are uh, there will be some answers around that in, in this film. Although I'm, I'm thinking that they maybe they need to do another film to actually Ooh. expand on that a little bit. Maybe that's why. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Black Widow. I am going to give it. Um, oh darn it! I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it five red mists. Ooh, do you know I love a good spy film, so I actually think I'd really enjoy this. No, so. you you would, and, and I don't. Also, I don't think that you need to be, like, too in-depth in the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. Like, you could watch this film as a standalone mm. and just enjoy it for being the film that it is. But it just if you've got it's, – it's like um, – uh, like having steak with, uh, like, sauce. Mm. Like, you know, the, the, the steak is – Fantastic. Uh, but if you've got that little bit of sauce with it, it's just uh, – actually, you're a vegetarian. I, I, I forgot about that. Um, it's like having a cauliflower steak uh, with sauce. <laughs> you know, the, the, the cauliflower is good by itself, but you add that sauce. Sauce and it's yeah, better. Yeah. yeah. But you don't necessarily need to have the sauce. You can still have the it cauliflower by itself. It great. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. I think I will check this out because, it, it, yeah, I like a good spy mm. kind of – thriller and female led and you know Florence Pugh's really mm. good so I'm excited to see her kind of spread her wings she's been traditionally more um eh, not big stream mainstream films more your kind of smaller 
films. She did do. She did that fighting with my family. The, the, she did actually, yeah. Um, and yeah. that was that was showing her uh, she was athletic really good abilities. In that film. She was really good in that film. And then she went. She did Midsummer too, mm. which was um, it's, horror. It's kind of odd though because she's she's quite small. Mm. Um, I remember in in fighting with my family, she seemed smaller than Paige does in real life. But um, here, like you, you legitimately. Um, yeah, you believe her as as uh, you're know, a badass. It's, yeah. it's great. Nah, um, awesome. And then she's got this great, great running gag between her and and Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. Um, and no, I'm not going to tell you, but uh, yeah, what, it's just it's it really good, out. really good chemistry between the two of them. Awesome. Really good chemistry. Um, so I gave I gave it five red minutes. Yeah, that's what it is. Yes. And it's out now, isn't it? It is, and you can get you can either go to the cinema. Which I recommend. Go find the biggest screen you can and, and watch this, watch and and with the best sound, biggest screen, best sound. That's how you should watch it. But if you uh, do want to watch it again at home, you can get uh, get premium access on Disney Plus, and then you can watch it as much as you want. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. My um friend posted something on my Facebook that I thought I'd share. It's some um, movie related. So thank you to Kira, my friend who shared this, but she's got I know I've said this before, but vampires, they don't show up on camera, can fly slash scale walls. They're immune to bullets, can break into any safe by turning into fog or some crap. I <laughs> uh, could probably hypnotize security guards as needed. Therefore, I'm in dire need of a heist film where a group of vampires band together to steal back their old stuff from museums. Wow. And I thought, yeah, that's a film I'd watch. So 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 where uh, do the film producers have to send the check to? Well, <laughs> this was, um, she shared this, so this is a, definitely from somebody else, but this is from uh, a, a site called Biggest Guardius Patronusus. So some weird Facebook group. I probably shouldn't say that, but, um, oh no, it's called A Group Where We All Pretend to Live in Night Vale. Some group on Facebook anyway. But I thought that sounded like a fantastic film uh, and I would definitely pay to see that, so... Um, a vampire heist film. A vampire heist film. I'm up film. for that. That sounds really good. That sounds so cool. And I can just imagine um, the guys from um, In the Shadows. Mm. Oh, no, what's it what called? What We Do in the what Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows um, pulling off a, a comedy version. You could do it two ways. It could be comedy or really serious. But well, there was um, one of the, the first episodes of What We Do in the Shadows, a TV show. Uh, one of them uh, gets captured. I think it was Matt Berry gets captured by <laughs> the local animal control and so they've got to go and actually break him out of the animal control. So it is kind of like a heist. That's awesome. I love Matt Berry. He's so cool. Um, I need to get around that and watch that because that sounds so good. There's a third season that's going to be uh, dropping yes. uh, very soon. Uh, so I'm very, very excited by that. But every time I go to um, – is it on Binge? I think it might be on Binge. That sounds yeah. right because I think I got Binge to try and watch it and mm. I never got, got to it because I got distracted by something else that was on Binge. Binge is actually quite good. I really, really enjoy um, – They've got the uh, the Young Rock show on Binge, uh, ah. which is the young Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's uh, talking about his life when he was like a, a really young kid right. um, in Hawaii and then he was a like a high school kid and then when he was in uh, football, uh, in college football. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool because the, the – con- uh, you know how I've always said Dwayne The Rock Johnson will be the president of the United States at some point in time? Yes. The conceit of the program is is that he is running for president <gasps> and, oh. and doing all these um, – doing all these uh, like 
uh, press things. I see. And then telling stories about his life and then they do the, the flashback. But, yeah, really good show, really entertaining. There you go, there you go. Uh, we have got one more film left to talk about tonight. It is called Dating Amber. It's also a uh, Irish film, so it's an Irish comedy. It's oh. set in a uh, small village in the mid-90s and it follows teens uh, Eddie and Amber who decide to stage a relationship because they're a little bit sick of everybody at school speculating about their sexuality. So Eddie is played by Finn O'Shea and he he really wants to go into the military um, despite his parents' wishes. Um, And he's also gay but nobody – well, people speculate that he is and makes fun of him Mm. but he he hides this and – Meanwhile, you've got Amber, who's played by um, Lola Petty Crow. She is um, really desperate to escape this village town and go to kind of a more liberal area in in London and and be cool. And um, she's also hiding, you know, her sexuality away from others. And yeah, so they they kind of band together and um, try and make their life a little bit easier by staging this relationship, just so people will leave them alone and, and not question. So yeah, and I mean, as their kind of journey goes on and the film progresses, you know, it becomes, you know, more and more hard to keep up this mm. relationship or this staged relationship. And I suppose the moral of the film is that you should really be true to yourself and not have to hide who you are. So, look, it's not a, a revolutionary film by any means and, you know, I think we've probably seen the ideas played out before where people stage relationships, uh, maybe not so much in this context but in, in other films. Um, but I thought it was a really timely film with a really important message about being mm. your kind of authentic self and um, it's quite fun. I like the fact that it was set in the mid-90s, you know. Um, I love the Irish accent. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a nice kind of um, adolescent teen film uh, t- to watch. So I think it would really suit people, um, you know, in their teens uh, particularly. Yeah, and it, it's a, an important topic. So that one is, uh, I think you can catch that on streaming services too, um, various ones. Uh, and it's out now. So I'm going to score that three bus rides. Three bus rides. Because you've got to take the bus sometimes to get to the big city or to Dublin if you're living out in, you know, the middle of nowhere. I mean, you can still catch the bus nowadays. It doesn't have to be the mid-90s. People still catch buses. I I took a bus. uh, Well, last time I took a bus was from my house to Carousel. Ah. uh, But that was last Christmas. So, (laughs) Last Christmas. I like a bus though. I must admit, like, I I used to read so much more when I took public transport. I do quite enjoy public. I like to be able to sit down and, um, I don't know, there's so much happening on on public transport or... All types of people. Well, I think I think I gotta admit, like, uh, if you want good like public transport, people watching, uh, Melbourne is a place to go. People watching. Well, yeah, because you, know, you go to Mel- you go to Melbourne, and there's just the biz- most bizarre people on those trams. Yeah, like, it's just uh, it's just very very strange. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I mean here uh, people just get going from you know, to work and they've got a mission, stuff, don't they? So, they've got yeah. they've got places to be, and you know where are all these people going? No, it's it's quite good fun. Um, and you know we've got a really great public transport system here in Perth where we're based. Um, not everyone you know would agree that they're respective. Public transports are great, but yeah, I mean, it could be better. Mm. But, you know. I think the worst public transport I've been on was in LA. That oh, was terrible. There you go, LA. But then we were trying to catch buses and trains on a Sunday. Mm. And I, I guess catching buses and trains anywhere on a Sunday is 
pretty awful. Yeah, <laughs> I have heard though LA is not not too good in mm. terms of their public transport, but you know, you know, you get what you're given. Um, take it or leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Put that up somewhere. Put that any, on a shirt. Any other cliches? Um, <laughs> Uh, do you know I actually um, Fear Street, which was a book based, uh, which is a book series mm. by R. L. Stein, who of course is kind of like the Stephen King of um, adolescent horror books. Yeah, he did Goosebumps, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Fear Street has hit Netflix uh, in a three-part trilogy. Uh, first film's 1994, mm. so um, that that's on there. It's quite gory. So if you do like R. L. Stein. Um, ramped up a little bit that that's on netflix for anyone interested in maybe checking that out and of course i should mention that the rev film festival revelation film festival yep. was still showing until the uh, 11th so you've still got a few more days they had their a short um eat your shorts uh i think that's what it's called no get your shorts on eat your shorts. Um, <laughs> which is the name for their um kind of collective um short film uh where they show a bunch of um, local short films and that's always really good to see because you get to see the best of what local talent has mm. to offer and there's some real diverse genres uh, in there. So there's actually another opportunity, I think, to see that um, selection. So I would head to www.revelationfilmfest.org to check that out and to see what's happening for the rest of the program because it's a really good full program and despite the fact that we've had a bit of a lockdown uh, in, in Perth and Australia-wide and, you know, worldwide people mm. are still going through those. Um, they've managed to still put on a heck of a heck of a show and a program and, um, yeah, despite not having full capacity of things. Yeah. So it must, be, it must be very frustrating to organise anything at this uh, at this point in time. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we will we'll get past I mean, obviously here in Perth we've uh, gotten on top of it and uh, we'll hopefully be returning back to uh, very minimal restrictions next week. Hopefully. Um, hopefully our, our friends over in New South Wales can uh, get uh, on top of what's going on over there, which is pretty... Uh, Pretty pretty sad, but uh, I'm sure that they can they can you know get, get uh, on top of it with a bit of uh, lockdown and social distancing and, and doing the right thing. Exactly, exactly. And then we can start opening up cinemas over there and and, and get back into watching movies and, oh, and doing other stuff. Which would just be fantastic because we're halfway through. Well, more than halfway through the year. Um, done so. Well, so far, so yeah. we just need to see some more films. Oh, yeah, and also if you're um, if you're able to get uh, vaccinated as well, like uh, you know maybe get out and get that uh, get that jab. Yeah, get the jab, and um, yeah, it was a bit of a shame because we were supposed to go to a screening of Space Jam mm. uh, this week which is releasing next week, but um, unfortunately we can't. But I do believe there's some advanced screenings of Space Jam. So mm. if you are interested in that film, which uh, I'm sure there's lots of people out there that are. I remember seeing the one, first one, oh gosh, more than more than two decades yeah. ago now. Um, I can't believe that. I think I still got it on VHS somewhere. <laughs> you just got to go track down a VHS player exactly. to watch it. Exactly. Yeah, what yeah. a mission. No, I'm uh, sure it's um, available to watch in other platforms. I, I'm still like <laughs> baffled by the fact that uh, yeah, another um, animated live action movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I'm still baffled <laughs> why they never made a sequel to that because yeah. the first one was so good. It was, and it was quite um, – it did really well, I'm pretty sure. It was quite critically mm. acclaimed, or at least it was really well enjoyed. So maybe that's next. Maybe that's on the list. I mean, it took 25 years to get Space Jam too. So – although I think it's not really a sequel. I think it's just a 
reimagined. Kind of a it's kind of a Maybe. sequel. Yeah, kind I don't know. It's a, yeah. Well, I would like to see it so I can actually talk about <laughs> it. So I might try and catch one of those advanced screenings if I can, just to um give the people what they want to hear yeah. next week or next week. I show. mean, it's it's good that uh, you know see, seeing uh, Sylvester and Tweety were back this year, uh, and now you've got um you know Space Jam, which has got a lot of the other Looney Tunes characters like That's you know, it. Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and uh, Elmer Fudd, like all these characters that you know, I, I grew up with. I think Pepe Le Pew's been given the axe, but uh, besides that... <laughs> he has, I think, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, he has. There's actually another film that's coming out 